You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. something from God? Should. Should. You should come here with an expectation of heart. A heart that's open. Okay, Lord, what do you want to show me today? I know you got something for me, Lord. I know, or I wouldn't have drugged me out of bed got here. You have something for me today. What is it? You come with an expecting heart. Let God bless you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless me. Attitude. Jesus made this contrast between the material and spiritual things. In today's message, Pastor Dave will encourage you to be expectant for what God is going to do in your life. It's important to learn to expect God to do big things. Demanding things from God isn't the way to go, but when we rest in the knowledge of His character, we know He'll do great things through willing hearts. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 6 as he continues his message, The Work of God. God is speaking. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. In verse 1, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah makes an invitation. Come and be fed. Come and be fed. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you don't have to have money. You just come by and eat. Come by wine without money. Milk without money. It's an invitation of everyone. It's an invitation open to everyone, but it's an invitation to those who are thirsty. All who are thirsty, all who are weak, come to the fountain. All who are thirsty. This is what Jesus is calling you out now. All who are thirsty, all who are thirsty, he's saying, come and eat. It's an invitation. And only those who thirst will come to these waters. If you aren't thirsty for what the Lord has and can give you, you will never come to these waters. You will never come to these waters. Jesus said in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And what will happen? They will be filled. They will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and they will be filled. Come to these waters. Many, many people think that when Jesus cried out at the great banquet, at the great feast in John 7, 37, when he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, he was having this thought in his mind. He was having the prophet Isaiah in his mind. And here John says that Jesus was speaking about the Holy Spirit. We'll study that in a while. That's in John 7. He says, come. If you don't have money, come. Come by and eat. Those who thirst, answer the Lord's invitation. You're thirsty for righteousness today? You must be thirsty for righteousness today or you're here. You're here. I hope that's why you're here, because you're thirsty for righteousness. I hope that's what brought you here today. 
You don't need any money. Why? Because money won't do you any good. Because you can't buy what God is selling. You can't purchase salvation, which God is giving freely. They simply can bring their trust and faith and receive what God wants to give them. Then God asked them, to, why do you spend money for that that doesn't satisfy? Think about it. This is a pretty relevant question. Pretty well relevant question. Look at our time. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know about you guys. I can only speak for myself, but I pour out an awful lot of money on things that don't satisfy. Things that fade away fast. Things that just go our mind. I can think of one that sits in my room, my living room. It's about this big. A picture comes on there. I spent a lot of money for that, and it never satisfies. But yet I have it sitting there, and it never satisfies me. And then I have to pay for it. I grew up, 3, 6, 10, and fuzzy 12 were free. Well, you had fuzzy 12 too, didn't you? Yeah. They were free. I didn't have to pay for them. Now I've got to pay for all these channels. And you can ask Beatrice. She's not here, but you can ask her. I sit there clicking through. This is garbage. This is garbage. What garbage? What garbage? I can't believe all this garbage on TV. This is terrible. And I go through about 957,000 channels. And there's absolutely nothing to watch. Oh, I think I'll watch the ball game. Click. Okay, I'm watching the ball game. All of a sudden, commercial. I'm like, what? And I got to turn that off too. Spending money on things that don't satisfy. And that's what God is saying. We're spending money on things that don't satisfy. Not the way the Lord can satisfy. The only person that can satisfy your soul is Jesus Christ. He satisfies our soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. He wants to pour out that blessing upon your soul and bless you beyond belief. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And the Lord says, listen diligent to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. And here's an invitation that's quite clear. The offer is made, the provision is made, and everything is available, but we have to do several things. First of all, we have to listen diligently. We have to listen diligently. The satisfaction God promises doesn't come to those who don't listen. If you're not a listener, you're in trouble. Those who listen diligently, why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. You need to be able to listen. Listen to the still, small voice. And it takes time. It takes patience and attendance. It takes effort to listen diligently. And unfortunately, for some of us, this isn't a strong point. We don't listen very well. When someone's talking to you, you're always conjuring up the next thing you're going to come back at them with. Or you talk so much that nobody can get a word in edgewise. How's God going to listen to you? Did you know prayer was a monologue, not a dialogue? How many of us get in our prayer closet and talk for maybe an hour? I pray for an hour today and then leave. And God's like, wait a minute. You spent an hour telling me all these things. You're not even going to give me a chance to say anything? It takes time. Being quiet is not some of our strong points. Secondly, he says we must eat that which is good. This requires discernment. Because not every spiritual thing that comes out there is good. A lot of people chase spiritual things that are not good. 
They are not good for the soul. They chase and eat what's before them. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thirdly, we have to delight our soul in the abundance. Even when we listen, even when we eat what is good, we still must delight our soul. You can sit down to a great spiritual meal, but if your attitude is bad, you're not going to enjoy that. And again, I can pick on my wife because she's not here. When she first went back to the Lord, for the longest time, she wore a pin right here. And all it says was attitude. And boy, she liked her attitude. And then one day the Lord convicted her and she goes, you know, I think I need to take this off. And I, I did my favorite, you think? So, yeah, what's your attitude? What is your attitude today sitting out there listening to the word of God? What's your attitude? What is this guy going to shut up? I could deal with that. What's my grocery list? What's happening today? This, that, and the other. Are the birdies playing? What's going to do this? Who's that? What's happening? You know, what's on your mind today? What's your attitude when you walk in? When you walk in, do you expect God to bless you? Are you expecting something from God? Should. You should. You should come here with an expectation heart. A heart that's open. Okay, Lord, what do you want to show me today? I know you got something for me, Lord. I know, or I wouldn't have drugged me out of bed and got here. You have something for me today. What is it? You come with an expecting heart. Let God bless you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless me. Attitude. See, Jesus made this contrast between the material and spiritual things. It's no secret that the majority of people in the world go towards spiritual things. I mean, excuse me, physical things, and not spiritual things. This, again, Guzik, listen to this. this. I had to use this quote. Quote, a sign that says free money and free fruit, food will get a bigger crowd than anyone who said spiritual fulfillment and eternal life. Go up to the boardwalk, put a table out there that says prayer and spiritual help. Next to it, put a table that says free hot dogs. See who gets most people. See who gets the most people. Jesus said the food which the Son of Man will give you because the Father has set his seal on him. And I have to read this other thing about a commentator. I just love this too. It says about the seal of the Father. Quote, as a person who wishes to communicate his mind to another who is at a distance writes a letter, seals it with his own seal, and then sends it directly to the person to whom it is written. So Christ, who lay in the bosom of the Father, came to interpret the divine will to man, bearing the image superscription, and the seal of God, in immaculate holiness of his nature, unsullied truth of his doctrine, and in the establishment and infinite of his miracles, unquote. I like that. Christ came that way. Jesus said to the people, you come to me for things that are going to perish away. You're not seeking the food which I can give you. You're not seeking everlasting life. You're seeking the wrong things. Why were they seeking the wrong things? We're going to get the answer in a minute. They were caught in the religious box. They were caught in the religious box. They misinterpreted the word labor to mean work towards salvation. Look at verse 28. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? They were steeped in religion. They thought they had to do something to merit eternal life. This was their teaching. 
They were to follow the law of Moses. They were to be circumcised. They were to follow all the traditions of the elders and the Pharisees. They had to do all these things, and then they would be saved. Maybe. They had to do all these things. They had to do works, works, works. There was never enough works. The more work you did, the more you had to do. There was never enough. The people were seeking Jesus for what he could give them. Food. Food. They weren't interested in spiritual things. They were interested in material things. They were basically saying this to him. Tell us what we have to do to get this miracle food. We want the miracle food. Tell us what we need to do. We need the miracle food. And this is the crux of the story, gang. This is the crux of the story. Verse 29 is the kicker. Verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in whom whom he sent. This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Notice, when they asked Jesus, they said, what shall we do to do the works of God? Plural. Many works. When Jesus answered, he said, now, it's not works. It's work. And it really isn't even work. There's only one work of God, and that's to believe upon him whom he sent. You can work from dusk till dawn every single day of your life. You can do all sorts of things for God. You may not get to heaven because you didn't do the one thing that God has asked you to do. You could be one of those in heaven, perish the thought, and I don't, I love all scripture, but there are some scriptures that make me scared. The one that says, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. Lord, I fed the poor in your name. Lord, I did this in your name. Lord, I did that in your name. Depart from me, I never knew you. Oh, horrible. Why? It's because they didn't believe in the one that God sent. Their faith was not in Jesus Christ. Their faith was in doing the works to get to heaven. Jesus makes it quite simple. But oh my goodness, we have made it so hard. We have made it so incredibly hard. Jump through this hoop. Now I'm going to raise it a little higher. Jump through this hoop. We constantly raise the bar. Jesus said one word. Believe. Greek word, pisteo. It means to place your confidence in. It means to to trust in. It means to rely in. It's what John is trying to say in John 20, 30 to 31. I'm writing this so that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He uses this word, pisteo, 99 times in his gospel. So it must be important. It must be something that we need to look at. Believe. Jesus made it clear that the only work necessary was to believe in the Savior. When people believe in Christ, they're not really performing a work because the work they're by believing, it doesn't earn them. Salvation is a gift. You can't earn it. Salvation is a gift. You cannot earn it. You're just responding to what God has already done. Believing is a response. It's a response to what God has already done. While we were yet sinners, Jesus died on a cross for us. 
We're responding by that by saying, thank you, Lord. I believe that. I believe that. We're saved by grace through faith. Read Ephesians 8, or excuse me, 2, verses 8 through 10. These people, just like many of us today, thought that pleasing God was found in the right formula. How many people want to know the right formula? What's the right formula? What's the right formula? We all want to know the formula for losing weight. We all want to know the formula for growing hair. We all want to know the formula for all sorts of things. Many, many people, many churches are teaching the formula for getting to God. The formula for getting close to God. I got the formula. It's right here in verse 29. This is the formula for eternal life. This is the formula for getting to God. Jesus said one word. He said, believe. Have faith. Put your trust, your hope, your confidence in one thing. Him whom he sent. Who was he talking about? Talking about him, Jesus. Jesus was talking about himself. Many peop people seek Jesus today for many reasons. Some of us seek Jesus for very good reasons. Some of us seek us for very bad reasons, selfish reasons. We seek for salvation. We seek for healing. We seek for peace. We seek for love, joy, provisions. We seek for healed relationships. We seek for friendships and fellowships. And sometimes we seek fame. We seek respect. We seek money. We seek networks. We seek powerful people. We seek exciting experiences. Many of us seek exciting experiences and other things that are less pure. The problem is that we don't desire these things, salvation as such, but we often do not seek one who offers it to us. I always said, I know the gifts of the Spirit. I love the gift of the Spirit. I want to see the gift of the Spirit. I want to see it manifested throughout this church. Quite frankly, I'm more concerned in the gift giver. I'm more concerned than the one who gives the gifts. I want to seek him, and the gifts will follow. I want to seek him. Him. I want to seek the gift giver. Many people seek for the benefits that they can get. Do this with the wrong heart, you'll get nothing. Nothing at all. We need to cling to Jesus. We need to cling to the work of the cross. We need to cling to him alone, and we're going to find that he is the bread of life. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks. He is the one that satisfies our soul. He is the one that just gives us life, not just eternal life, but life right now, the abundant life in Christ that's offered to us right now as a Christian. You don't have to wait for the abundant life. It's offered right now. I have come that I may have my life and life more abundant, he says in John 10.10. 10. You want to have life. Come to Jesus Christ. Confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. A life filled with peace, joy, love, all the fruits of the Spirit. A life when you can face the difficulties and challenges of a world that's not so good. An abundant life. A life that offers hope. Hope of an eternal place where you'll be with God forever, with Jesus forever, an eternal place where Jesus wants us all to be there, all of us, a life that you can have hope in the midst of trials and tribulation. We all want to please God. 
at least I hope we all want to please God. We all want to please God. Who can tell me the only thing that pleases God? Faith. Hebrews 11.6. Only thing that pleases God is faith. Believe in the one whom God sent. Jesus Christ. Believe in Him. It's the only work, if you call it a work, that we must do that pleases the Father. Faith in Jesus Christ. So, if you haven't believed in, if you haven't placed all your trust in, if you haven't put your confidence in, and if you haven't relied in Jesus Christ for salvation, for eternal life, I have one question for you. Why? Why not? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. Only by grace can you enter. Only by grace can you stand. Not by our human endeavor, but by the blood of the Lamb. There's only one way. If you haven't done that in your life, if you've been playing church up until this point, maybe this is the first time you've heard this. You want, maybe a bell's going off in your head and it's not the phone. Maybe something's in your head saying, hey, buddy, you better pay attention to this. This is talking to you. We have your attention now. You've heard it. Jesus said it clearly. This is the work of the Father. Believe in him whom he sent. Believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. John is writing this gospel that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing, have everlasting life. Because with believing comes everlasting life. With truly believing. If this describes you, we're here to help. We're to help lead you into the arms of Jesus Christ. We're here to help. Maybe you once had this and you slipped away. Come back to Christ. There's still only one way. Just because you've slipped away, Christ is not going to get back up on that cross. Just because you've slipped away, you've got to come back to the cross and repent and move forward. If this describes you today. There will be men and women up here to pray with you. I pray that you would come up and receive Jesus today. That you would make a statement of faith. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sin. I believe that I confess my sin to him. He will forgive my sin. And I believe that he died on a cross, a cruel Roman cross, for me. He suffered. He died. And then he was buried. And I believe on the third day God raised him from the dead. And I now believe that he's sitting on the right hand of God the Father. Simple. Simple. Don't make it hard. Don't make it hard. Because if you're going to make it hard, next week bring a backpack. I'll put some bricks in it for you. You want to make it hard, don't make it hard. Don't make it hard. That's you today. You want to get back to Christ. Or if you want Christ, if you're seeking Christ, seek him for the right reason. Don't seek him for the wrong reason. You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you. And if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m. And you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand. And we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at AshoreHopeRadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Assure Hope.